Support for Elwood City Limits is made possible by Facebook. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Twitter. At ECL Podcast. Email. Elwood City Limits at gmail.com. And by subscribing on iTunes and following us on SoundCloud. Thank you. And, and my free time. Listen up, people. Let me tell you a tale. The name's Elwood City Podcasts, and we're here to say that we're going to talk about Arthur today. Listen up, sports fans. I know we're all excited. Football season has come to an end. What a season. What a season. And hey, who are you going to see in the Super Bowl? Could it be the Green Bay Packers? Or the New England Patriots, I just don't know. And on that note, we have two very athletically charged episodes of Arthur. Look at you taking over the taking over the the intro there. That was very good. Uh, you know, I should let you do the intro one of these days. You clearly have more <laughs> off the dome than uh, than I have working with. Yes, that's right. No, you haven't stumbled into. Uh, you haven't stumbled into one of the many, I'm sure, football podcasts out there because I didn't even know it was uh, Super Bowl time coming up. No, it's Elwood City Limits, the uh, our, the episodic Arthur podcast detailing the PBS kids show Arthur, one episode at a time. My name's Will Young, and of course, my uh, much more culturally astute counterpart at the other end of the table is my friend Lucas Mancini. Hey, Lucas. How are you doing? Not bad. I mean, I'm a little jealous of your uh, your improv ability. Uh, it's, <laughs> mine's mine's uh, still a little lacking at, at parts. As If you listen to any of the intros to this podcast, you can tell that uh, eh, not the most inspiring part of the whole deal. The whole oh, package, I, I you know. like your intros. Uh, <laughs> like I said last time I came up with an intro, I literally have all day at work. To think the oh so okay that's the only thing that's rumbling around in my head is like what am I going to talk about at the start of the podcast? I and never I, I like, never think about it. That's the key. And you know those cheese heads were blowing up my Facebook feed. So were they really? Uh, no, I just wanted to talk about how the Green Bay Packers fans <laughs> call themselves. Cheese you just want to say cheese heads. I just want to talk about how those Green Bay Packers fans wear those that cheese on their head. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you knew this, Lucas, but I'm a big time. I'm a big time. Cheese You're a big head. time cheese head. Oh, cheddar, mozzarella. Man, well, I expect you. <laughs> marble, brie, blue, nah. gouda, yeah, baby bell. You know what? Craft singles. When you put it into those terms, I guess I'm. A big cheesehead, cheese too. Yeah. Take that, Tom Brady. Yeah, there's a little cheese in all of us. Arthur. <laughs> what's what's new with what's our the, favorite aardvark? What's the deal with Arthur? Uh, well, before we get to the episodes in question, of course, uh, what I always say is if you uh, if you want to follow along with this podcast, I would encourage you to do so. And the best way to do that is to watch the episodes and then to uh, listen to our kind of commentary over it, because that's what we do about a day or so before... Uh, we record the podcast. Uh, I've been made aware this week that there is a new uh, way to watch Arthur. What? Now, again, I, Big must, news. I must say that this is primarily for any U.S. listeners. Uh, but PBS Kids now have their own 24-7 streaming service. <laughs> PBS Kids now has its own cha- – it's, it's a channel and a streaming service. 
Is so, it nine ninety nine? No, it's. I think it's free. Like Whoa. You, at least for right now. I mean, you would have to pay for the cable channel, obviously, but it's all PBS Kids all the time. So that you know, at night, it's not like Masterpiece Theater or new episode of Sherlock or whatever. So I I checked it out. It, I for, I can't remember the name of it. I believe it might be something along the lines of PBS Kids twenty four seven. But unfortunately, that is for U.S. people only. So unfortunately, there is still no legal way to watch Arthur in Canada. So of course you have to kind of find your own means with the with the wonderful technology that's at your fingertips, and I'm sure you you'll didn't be... hear it from us. No, but PBS Kids 24/7 U.S. listeners uh, definitely check it out. They should have uh, a lot of episodes of Arthur on there. I was not able to check and see which ones, but uh, you know, maybe someday. Uh, yes, Lucas, as your incredibly timely and uh, and apt introduction says it is the time of the year where sports are decided and this one is decidedly sports because uh the episodes we have at hand today are dw rides again and arthur makes the team so before you uh listen to this episode make sure you familiarize yourself with uh those episodes of television and join us on our ride speaking of ride that's what dw is doing dw riding again dang She's going to take us for a ride. Oh, I thought, I thought that was going to lead into like a song lyric. I can never tell when something you say is going to lead into like a rap lyric. DW, uh, do you want to go take a ride with me? Smoke some L's in the... Why do go, I, go on, go on. Why do I live this way? Hey, hey must, must be the money. money. <laughs> that was the most limp rap recital I've ever heard. We'll have to try. We'll have to try and step it up. You haven't heard the Property Brothers perform "My House." No, I haven't. The Flowrider song. Don't look it up. I I think I can't hear those frequencies anymore. It literally burned the flesh inside my ears. Uh oh. Okay, so DW rides again. So our first of these is once again Arthur addressing the audience as he's wont to do in the uh, in the cold open. He says, do your little brothers and sisters have to do everything that you do? And so, Lucas, I pose the question, because you have a little sister. Did, did your little sister have to do everything that you do? Not really, no. We are very different people. We lead very different lives. Even as kids, though? Uh, as kids. I mean, she'd do the thing where it's like monkey see, monkey do. She says what I say. But, like, she always had her own. She's got way more hobbies than I do. She learned the drums as a kid. She did gymnastics, as we discussed in a previous episode. So I didn't really experience this issue. Mm. Though, except for uh, sometimes DW just kind of wants Arthur's attention, and that's a lot more truer to my life. Uh, She wasn't necessarily trying to be involved with my hobbies, but she did want my attention from time to time. What's the age difference between you and... Four years. Ah, so the same as Arthur and DW then. When you were eight, she was four. Huh. What a coincidence. I never, I never really considered that, wow. but that's true. Lucky you. Yeah, no, this, this should really relate to you. So in the third grade, did you have a pesky little sister with a, with a pink dress who talked way better than you? Uh, she definitely probably talked better than me, but I don't remember much about the By virtue grade. of the fact that she probably spoke better than you. <laughs> and me. And me at age 20. Uh, that's interesting. You do have the same age gap between you and your sister. Uh, my sister and I, my older sister and I are seven years apart, so it's a little bit uh, a little bit different. Um, she would definitely... I, re- I really wish I could remember more clearly. I bet she would have uh, clearer memories of me as the little brother 
Um, I'm sure there would be definitely times I wanted to hang out with her. I know I coveted her Game Boy, her classic Game Boy. Yeah, got to play that Tetris. Got to play that Pokemon Yellow. Not even. No, we're talking Super Mario Land and Donkey Kong. Oh, Super Mario Land, so wild. The turtles explode. The Koopas explode. I know. The first time that happened, I was completely hoodwinked. (laughs) So DW is kind of shown doing stuff that Arthur does in sort of the similar manner that Lucas talked about with his sister. Um, Because she's, of course, the younger sibling, wants to uh, get Arthur's attention, as we've seen in previous episodes. Uh, They're playing pin the tail on the donkey, and she accidentally pins the tail on Arthur at his birthday. Which is a weird example, because I don't necessarily think that's an age thing. Hmm. Like, I don't think as you get older, you get better at pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah, no, I, I, I played it when I was once, when I was around DW's age, and that was really it. So, really, the younger you are, the better it is. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, them doing a free throw competition in basketball, DW totally smoking him. Yeah, which is another bad example because she ended up being better than him yeah. at basketball. Like, I would think if he was going to talk about, like, little kids trying to do things, but they really can't. I don't know. I can't I can't think of an example. It's a hard thing no, to but, talk about. No, but he's talking about just simply doing what you do, not necessarily oh, doing better Oh, I see. I see. So he just doesn't want her around, especially in the case where she completely destroys him from the three throw mm. three throw line the free th- the three throw line and then finally uh now she's learning how to bike ride uh, apparently parroting Arthur's own bike riding and then she doesn't know how to stop so there's a lot of that. Get used to that, dear listeners. Mm. Will going, I can't stop. Now, it, she, now, she doesn't do that a whole lot, but once we get into the second episode, I'll talk about saying things over and over. Boy, will I. Uh, so the episode starts, and we're talking about the bikeathon. That's the main kind of tie through of this story. So uh, Arthur putting up a poster with the bikeathon. Do you remember this? Or, or, or like, was. So, like, when you put up a poster nowadays, you know, you have those people for a local concert who are kind of going downtown, you know, they staple gun on yeah. onto like poles and trees and all that sort of stuff or maybe they tape. But no, Arthur has like a bucket of like cement or whatever. It's not some it's, it's like industrial glue. Yeah, and it's like it, he's got like a wiper blade and he really has to like it's something that I didn't pick up on this at all. But it's but you realize it's like it's just we don't do that anymore. It must be like so in, environmentally unfriendly compared to just stapling it a couple times and and must be cha- stapling must be cheaper and quicker well it's also curious because stapling's actually it's against a lot of city bylaws like if someone catches you it's one of those things where it's like keeping your liquor in a paper bag mm-hmm. it's one of those um, law gray areas where you're technically not supposed to staple that stuff to the telephone poles but People still do. Well, it's why in all those hip movies and commercials, you see people with hoods, like, as part of street teams and, like, stapling, and then they got to run away or skateboard away because they got to announce the, the, the battle of the bands at the, the skate park. Man, it sounds like they're going to make a sequel to Nonstop, that Joseph Gordon-Lovett bike movie, but instead he's, like, stapling posters. Premium Rush? Premium Rush. Nonstop Premium Rush. You can understand why I did not quite remember the name <laughs> of the Joseph Gordon-Levitt bike yeah, movie. Yeah, no, it's that's not like it's not like premium. It's it's like I just saw it on Netflix yeah. the other day. So oh my like, God, that movie's bad. I have, I didn't. I just saw the poster. Another look into Mr. Haney's personal life. Outside of his principal duties, it looks like he 
is either he either takes a very prominent hosting job or he like organized the bikeathon himself because he's on the poster and he's the one that like gets the whole thing kicking off he's a, later he's on a, in the episode. He's a bike model. Like that's they used his public persona because they knew that he is the most recognized man in Elwood City. After I guess his... between the action figures and the, uh, he also wears his leisure wear though. We get mm. shorts, Mister Haney, as opposed to his suit, his, Mr. Ath- Haney. his athletic wear, his athletic wear exactly, his, his husky man athletic wear that I that I bust out quite a bit on the regular. Uh, so Arthur goes to the Tibbles place, talking with Mrs. Tibble, asking if she can sponsor him for the bikeathon. A little bit of clunky exposition here of just. Would you sponsor? <laughs> would you sponsor me for the bikeathon? The bikeathon, where everybody pays a dollar for each mile you ride. Yeah, it's for my school. And I'm like, thanks, TV <laughs> writing. Appreciate it. It's like the bikeathon. You mean the description of the bikeathon? <laughs> like, all right. Uh, and then Arthur kind of gets in a little bit of hijinks with the Tibbles. They, uh, the Tibble twins, they tie his shoes together and they say they're going to be in the bikeathon. Tibble's house would not stand up to code. The Tibble twins emerge from under the floorboards. Floorboards are their porch, so they're just kind of crawling around in there. Of course, they're they're always crawling around somewhere, those Tibble twins. (laughs) Uh, So Arthur is going to get ready for a ride with Francine and Buster, and DW wants to go with him, except they're on two wheelers, and she's on a tricycle, and just wouldn't be able to keep up, which Arthur tells her as much. Uh, As they get ready to go, I noted that... uh, Buster, Francine asks, did your mom let you go on the bikeathon, Buster? And he says, yeah, but I have to use a cellular phone and call her every half mile. <laughs> I don't know what's more ridiculous, the fact that someone said the words cellular, cellular phone, phone or the fact that he would have to call her every half mile. That's like, mm, I'm trying to think. We, we're here in Canada, so we use the metric system. So I, I don't quite remember what a half a mile is. Is it like four kilometers? I, I'm anyway, not, it's I'm like every 20 minutes or something, he'd have to call his mom while riding a bike. That seems almost more dangerous unless she expects him to stop each right. call. No, it's, it's completely silly. <laughs> and, man, the, the silliness with Buster's mom does not stop here. DW does try and keep up with them at first just because, you know, she kind of wants to hang out with Arthur. But, uh, of course, their bicycles are much more powerful than a tricycle. They go uphill with ease, and DW kind of pedals her way up there like she really has to really has to go for it. And then right at the top of the hill, she goes slides all the way back down and back to the house. Like, it looks like she went a mile herself. Well, I love the framing of this shot, too, because it's the hill is so cartoonishly curved. It's almost like the curvature of the earth or something. Like, if you've ever played Animal Crossing, one of the Animal Crossing DS games, how you're walking over sort of a rounded surface, that's how steep this hill is. And so you see the whole thing play out where DW sort of falls backwards from this profile view, and it's very funny. Yeah, she goes a long way, and then she manages to turn while sliding backward, like, which is... Which is an expert tricycle move and somehow manages to not die. You know what I really like? So I'm not, I've kind of learned from an early age that I don't have the balance for riding a bicycle. So I don't, I don't ride a bike. And also due to my larger carriage, uh, bike seats are no fun to sit on. Mm-hmm. Same thing with stools. Mm-hmm. So just the, just the way I'm built. But you know what I would really like is one of those adult tricycles. Okay. You ever see one of those huge ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, those guys are like sitting back in the chair? Kind of. Like uh, there are there are adults. Yeah, 
Pretty much. Pretty they're, much. They're like athletic tricycles, though, right? Like, I, I, maybe we're thinking of different things. I think we I'm could thinking be. of that pedal bike where the guy is like sitting way back, so he's almost lying down. I see those on the street sometimes. No, not yet. You might yet. be thinking of y- not just exactly. a big old tricycle. It is. It, it is. It's a huge tricycle, and I've and I rode one, rode one one time, and it was a lot of fun. I wish I had one of those. Uh, do you do you bike ride? I used to a lot more. Uh, ever since I got my driver's license, I don't do it nearly <laughs> as much. Uh, but I was a late uh, – like I got my driver's license pretty late comparatively. Like I got it like when I was 20 or 19 or something. So up until that point, my main mode of transportation besides taking the bus was riding my bike. Mm. And so I used to ride my bike all the time. I got mine when I was like 22 or 23, my driver's license. So mm-hmm. before then, I would either just walk or take the bus. Old Shoelace Express. That's right. Um, so DW has a fantasy where she's got her like her the bi- the two wheeler of her dreams, and of course it's like pink. It's got tassels on it. She's got a gold nameplate right under the seat. Uh, it's pretty kicking. Well, it's it also kicking. kicking literally because it yeah. makes engine noises. Yeah, no, it's, it's which doesn't make any sense. She's got like the fastest Pinto on the block. <laughs> it's awesome. So she like rides it, and she's got like a helmet with the Captain America wings on it. <laughs> yeah. So she's for like, aerodynamics. Yes, of course. Uh, and <laughs> uh, DW is like going so fast that she makes everybody else like spin in a cartoon circle. Right, she She's, drives past a horse and then she drives Formula past Formula 1 cars. Yeah, a Arthurified version of Michael Schumacher because he's got this like vague like European accent. Wow, it's the same... what kind of bike is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, you Just... could you could do a pretty good Bass Rutten impression, but yeah, um, maybe. Uh, it's it's his car too. So I I think. And it was, I was thinking about the time period, like, who would have been the most famous Formula One racer at the time? Mm. So I'm almost certain that was, like, an arthrified Michael Schumacher, which is really funny. Uh, for fans of European accents, ask me about my Ilya Brizgalov uh, accent for everybody who knows about hockey. The Tibble Twins catch her in her fantasy, and she's a little embarrassed because she's just going vroom, vroom, vroom out loud <laughs> in, her, in her own driveway. Uh, so the Tibble Twins have the, their new bikes, and they have these horror-themed uh, horns, basically. They have these two little these like these boxes with these animals that pop out and make a noise. So it's... So, uh, Lucas, which one, which one would you get? The bat or the puma? Gosh, I would really not want either. It's so gaudy. And yeah, like, right. well, it's you'd al- have to, I feel like you'd have to be a bully in a kids show to have one of those. Either that or like Mona the Vampire. When, or yeah, something. when I was when I, <laughs> Mona the Vampire, my God, uh, when when I was six years old, when I was seven years old, I thought those were pretty cool. <laughs> I don't. But think you, I've ever but seen you, one but in you, real life. But you'd have to be like you really have mm. to be. But let's okay. So, but like bat or puma for real? Bat or puma? Yeah. Mm, probably bad. Probably helps with again aerodynamics more. Gla- well, then I'll gladly take the Puma. I think the Puma is way cool. <laughs> uh, so that's so that's uh, that's their thing. Uh, they make fun of her because she's not riding a two wheeler, which sets the, sets the events in motion. Is this where they have their sick burn? I wrote down exactly what oh, they said for their it, sick burn. It's but called sure a bikeathon, not a trikeathon. <laughs> that's true, Tibbles. The sky is also blue. I, I appreciate that, but yeah. The sky is blue, not schmoo. Uh, ex- exactly. That's the level of play on words we're working with. <laughs> well, it's the Tibble Twins. That's they're not, true. They're not known for their, their witty repartee. <laughs> exactly. Go to the Reed family dinner, and <laughs> I just kind of like this. To start off with, like, you see baby Kate, she's putting, like, her whole face in whatever her 
dinner is. And and mom just has a throwaway line of just, use your spoon, dear. <laughs> like She's a baby. That's true. She does not know. It was fun. It was funny, though. I did just like, use your spoon, dear. <laughs> like, just tired at the end of the day. So DW is clearly, clearly sucking up as much as possible. Just like... Father, may I serve you potatoes? Kind of like Francine was doing a couple episodes ago with when she was Meek, Meek Mill for a week. Yeah, the the, the car, kind of cartoonish chivalry where it's like manners taken to the extreme where – especially coming out of these kids, like the younger they are, the funnier it is. Yeah. Like she's just like, Father, uh, may I hand you the potatoes? Mm. My compliments to the chef, which is, of course, her dad. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that her dad takes it totally at face value. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, she's finally turning around. How nice of you, honey. And then mom is immediately, okay, DW, what do you want? She's Which, straight through it. and the, Exactly. And so DW's wish is that she wants a two-wheeler. Because if Arthur can do it, how hard can it be? And you know what's crazy? She gets one. Well, I thought this was interesting because I thought back to when I learned to ride a two-wheeler when I was a little kid. And I didn't want to. Like, maybe it's because I'm, either. I'm less susceptible to, like, the societal pressures or, like, the peer pressure of, oh, I want to do what all the other kids were doing. But when I had training wheels on, my fer- parents had to bribe me to take them off. Right. Like, they would be like, all right, Lucas, you're going to practice your bike with just two wheels, and we're going to go to the corner store. We'll buy you a pack of Pokemon cards. But you got you to nice. do this, this two-wheel. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet deal, that is right? a sweet deal. But thinking back, like the fact that she had to beg them to le- to let her, it's kind of weird. It was opposite for me. Yeah, no, and my dad kind of forced me to try and ride a bike, and like took me out once, did nothing, nothing doing, and then we we're just like, all right, forget it. We're never doing this again. Me and you were not exactly daredevils. Huh? No, really not. I mean, so DW is kind of taking a look at the bikes in the store. Uh, there's one that's too flashy. It's got like a like a blinking light on the back of it in the shape of a heart. Uh, there's one that's too angry, which looks it has like a monster face at the on the front of it. Uh, one that's too girly. I think that one was just like excessively like disgustingly pink or whatever. Uh, <laughs> there was one that was that, oh, I love this. that almost looked like almost looked the same thing as like an adult tricycle, kind of like because it was really. Like it was way, like low to the ground. It was really low to the ground and like way too big and like almost looked like an experimental bike. And she said that'll last about an hour before it breaks. It was <laughs> like an oddly mature. Like when you're a kid, you don't think about that kind of stuff. DW is just like this isn't going to give us the the value that we want. And I'm like very very mature DW. Well, the front wheel is like way smaller than the back wheel, and yeah. also the handlebars are way high up, but the seat oh, is yeah. way low. It looks like those bikes they had in like the early 2000s in like a some forty one video or something. Uh, but also the funniest part about all this is D- that... Dave Mira uh, sponsored <laughs> bike. Uh, after DW dismiss it, dismisses it, like some side extra kid just comes by and he's like, ooh. Yeah, like, goes, yeah just some some little kid. Wow. <laughs> and so it's like, DW is clearly smarter than the average child. She knows the value of a dollar. And then she finally sees the one that she wants and it's pretty much perfect. It's the right amount of pink and what have you. Uh, and then, she, you know, she kind of looks it over and then they bring it home and she puts her own nameplate on the back. She just makes one out of paper and marker, sticks it on there. Now it's perfect. So DW needs writing lessons, of course. And she goes to ask her dad, who I loved this. He uh, he can't take her for a writing lesson because he's finishing a lasagna Taj Mahal for the Elwood City Culture Club. <laughs> Which I... I- 
I associate Arthur's dad with more baked goods. This is the first kind of – I mean I guess he does do like catering for parties and stuff. So he'd make those mini sandwiches. Yeah. But this is, seems a little bit out of his wheelhouse. This, I mean you take a look at it and you know, lasagna of course is a little bit more of a malleable uh, d- dinner. It's not exactly meant for to be built. So this one it almost looks like he would have had to bake it to a certain degree to, in order to sculpt it into a Taj Mahal. It looks – I need a lasagna Taj Mahal. I'll tell you that. We got to get. But Arth- then again, how could you? It's like a great piece of art. We got to get Arthur's dad his own reality show. Yes. And at the end of the episode, they go, "Are we going to be able to fit it on the truck?" Commercial break. <laughs> yes, we were. Is that his? Is that That's his catchphrase? Every episode. No, no, it's not his catchphrase. His catchphrase is, "You can't arrest me. I'm the cake boss." But um, <laughs> uh, every episode of Cake Boss, the main piece of drama. It, there's like three stages to the drama. It's right. like, how are we going to make this cake? Right. They make the cake. They make the cake. Well, okay, then how are we going to make this cake in time? They make the cake in time. Sorry. It's too big. How are we going to get it through the door? They get it through the door. They get it to the event. It's happy. That's every episode of Cake Wow, Boss. that's three-act structure right there, <laughs> yeah. an episode of Cake Boss. I've been missing out. So DW is very heartbroken that her dad can't take her out, so he kind of vol- volunteers Arthur to do it for him, just really loads Voluntold. it off. Voluntold. Yeah, just like, he's just like, but dad, we have to practice. He's just like, thanks, and then just <laughs> walks away and like, well, it's your problem. Um so he gets all Arthur gets all of his friends on it to help out, which they kind of disagree on biking etiquette, like what's most important. Like, I think like one says stopping, one says pedaling, one says steering. Francine says going really fast. <laughs> they even disagree how to put a helmet on, which of course is number one. <laughs> it's like they're all putting it on wrong, and then eventually they all have to split for lunch. Well, uh, the brain like gives this super detailed. Description of like the act of bike riding. I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, it's just like it's like it's composed of this, this, and this, and it's just like I just want to ride it, not build one. (laughs) That's what DW says. That's a great one. Um, So then Arthur decides to teach her before she goes out on her bike. Which, by the way, she looks way too small for that bike. I don't know how she's getting to those pedals. Yeah, they got to adjust that seat. Yeah. Uh, So Arthur's teaching her the signs. Which this is how I learned what biking signs are. So here's my confession, yes. and maybe I just like did not process this information as a kid because I've definitely seen this episode before. But for as much as I've ridden my bike, which was a lot, like I was, especially before I got my driver's license, and even in my like childhood, I rode my bikes probably every day. Yes, uh, I never learned my hand signs. So looking back now with the uh, value of hindsight, I know that drivers on the road must have hated me. They didn't know what I was going to do next. Am I going to turn right? Am I going to turn left? It's a mystery. Well, to be fair, I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of people on bikes uh, out there and out there in the wild who do not use pretty much the only people I see using bike signals are like professional bikers who like ride for exercise all the time. Yeah, or like adults who like and they use their bike to get to work every day. Those people usually use hands. And then signs. yeah, and then when they do it, I'm just like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like it was only seeing this episode again. I was like, right, like right turn is up, left turn is out, and then slow down stop is is I think slow down and stop was the only one I remembered for like just putting the arm down. Now, do you remember when you took your driver's license? Those are actually the same uh, signs you do if you have a faulty uh, turn signal. You're so you're expected to do the bike signs out the window of your car. Right. Oh, okay. I well, had to have those memorized for when I took my driver's test. 
Yeah, so I'm just doing them right now, audio podcast. But yeah, that's uh, that's how Arthur will help me remember uh, my turning signals. Uh, DW makes this, makes a funny face on the bike and says, "What's this mean?" And then all of a sudden, this is one of my all time favorite. Um, Arthur non sequiturs. Like I, I didn't remember this episode exactly, but this one scene is etched into my brain. It's uh, it's pretty special. Mister Sipple, their next door neighbor, comes running out of his house in a towel and uh, and gives DW a cabbage, and he he says, "Where I come from, making a funny face on a bike means bring me a cabbage fast." And then immediately runs back because he left the tub running. Yeah, I left the tub running. There's a lot of questions here, but Boy, I don't want to are... focus too much on it. But it's like, how did he see them from his house? Yeah. Where does uh, he come from? What culture is it that somebody would need a cabbage immediately? Not just like in your own time? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> and like it's so off the wall. Like in some, uh, It's really e- funny. Even, even more so than like most off the wall Arthur gags can be like this is this is definitely up there. It's one of the most like offbeat uh, Arthur silly one off gags, as you said. Uh, but well, it's it's certainly there. So uh, they go out for a ride. DW has her first crash, unfortunately, um, and like she crashes, she cr- goes like head over a couple garbage cans. Funny enough, I find that she cried a little less than when. Uh, her dad said he couldn't take her out. Like though, when her dad said he couldn't take her out, there that was like actual tears. This one, she just kind of like she does cry, but like not like tears. She's just kind of whining a little bit. She's more hurt. I think when she's upset earlier, she, you know, DW's got a flavor for the theatrics. Mm. So this yeah, is just, that's true. This is just raw emotion. That's true. Um, so. <laughs> and then we get a little montage of her, you know, slowly getting better. And of note, she is on training wheels right now. So it's her and Arthur riding around. They ride past the Tibbles place, and the Tibbles make fun of her doofy training wheels. Yet they're the ones wearing bike helmets that look like cowboy hats. If they're even, which are, if they're even bike helmets, are not only ridiculous looking but impractical for safety. The might, visor on those would bounce all around if might, you fell over. Might not even be helmets. Actually, I, I think they are helmets because they got May- two holes in the top oh, like a bike okay. helmet. All right, well then it's that- just. Just crazy. Well, looking. then that's dumb. <laughs> They're dumb. And then at dinner that night, DW once again sucking up to her dad. This broccoli is so good. <laughs> and then she's like, "What do you want now, DW?" And you know, she's like, "Arthur, tell him how good I did." And she and Arthur's like, "Yeah, she did good." And DW's like, "Good, I was great." And so this is her way of begging to take the training wheels off, which I wouldn't think you'd have to beg to do, but all the same, she did that. <laughs> this is a great, great little scene here, like my type of Arthur humor, where just she's in the garage, they take off the training wheels, she's standing up on the bike, she goes, I've never felt so free. Without moving, by the way. No, no, she's kind of like jostling like, around a little she's bit. She's in one spot, like she's not yeah, pr- yeah, going she's forward. Just... And she goes, "I've never felt so free." And then s- stiffens up, and then immediately tips over, <laughs> and then everybody <laughs> kind of like closes their eyes. I thought that was really funny, uh, especially that line read. It was excellent. So, of course, the first couple of times she fails hilariously, like she falls into a garbage can or whatever. Yeah, this is a real like. Thrasher Hall of Meat montage of just DW bailing and wiping out <laughs> yeah. over and over and over. So, um, 
so by this by this point, she is like covered head to toe in bandages, and it's just like Dad's like, well, I can put the training wheels back on, and you can ride in the bikeathon next year, whatever it is. And she's like, no, I'm, de- I will do this. And what follows, I think, really is well. You know, it's easy to say, like, this is the best part of the episode, but honestly, this is one of my favorite parts of Arthur so far. And it's so simple. Like, when I really think about it, it really is. And all it is, it's a montage of DW in the in the garage, in the driveway, and she's got, like, a she's, sta- like, standing on a box, and then she'll go forward, and then she'll fall down. She's just really trying to get the feel of the two-wheeler. And, you know, Pal and Kate are watching her and kind of doing, like, the ooh face, like, when she falls over. But she does it several times. Like, there's one especially brutal one where she turn, she tries to turn and then careens into a picket fence and, like, like gets slammed into there. Yeah. Uh, my name's DW. Welcome to Jackass. Because <laughs> I think she actually does a, an exact Jackass bail, the one where she goes right into a bush. That reminded me of, I think it's either Jackass 1 or 2, where they have the bike with the really big front wheel and the really small back wheel. Okay. And he just drives it directly into a bush on purpose <laughs> and falls over. Um and then, like, she's in the ra- she's practicing in the rain. Like, you can, from the beauty of montage, you can <laughs> tell that DW's been at this for a while. Magic of editing. Yeah. And then finally, DW is kind of in a bit of a different outfit, her biking alternate attire. And she says, I don't care if I'm 21 and I'm one giant scab, I'm going to learn to do this. And which, which is finally when she does, when she f- doesn't need training wheels and she finally gets it. And really, I thought that was pretty great. Hey, like it, like I thought it worked really hard. Uh, I thought it worked really well, uh, and I thought it was inspiring. To be honest with you, because it really is, it's it's such a simple lesson that you could hear every day, and it doesn't really click with you until you do something like that. It's just like you have to kind of keep failing over and over again before you get really good at something. Uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves with sort of our overall thoughts on the episodes, but I'll say uh, both these episodes had really simple messages, like. It was kind of back to basics with the morals, and I think that uh, works to their advantage. Specifically with this one, it's like hard work pays off. If you want to excel at something, you're going to have to work hard on it, and that can yep. be hard sometimes, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah, and then so and so she's riding. Uh, she's riding very well. She rides past the Tibble twins and uh, gives them a surprise that she's no longer on training wheels, and they get theirs of like uh, Tommy or. I think it is Tommy, <laughs> uh, like trips over a rock and goes like flying, takes like a big header and like Timmy drives into a bush. Again, a lot of bales in this episode. Mm. And so finally the episode ends at the bikeathon with Mr. Haney and his uh, <laughs> his workout attire waving the flag. Uh, and so DW is riding with mom and dad. Dad has the tandem bike with Kate in the back seat. Uh, mom actually has alternate racing attire like she has her like yellow shirt and black uh track shorts her live strong gear yeah they were yeah it's it's a yellow and black so there you go i thought that was just kind of interesting that she got the alternate attire but dad didn't he was still in his like catering blues maybe I, arthur's dad doesn't strike me as the most athletic dude <laughs> i think that might be more arthur's mom's space i see uh so and then you know DW catches somebody driving a car and she says, "Mom, Dad, how old do I have to be to drive a car?" And then it starts all. I was like, "Oh boy, here we go again." She says, "It doesn't even have to be a big car. Like just that a, makes a difference at just what age a, you can just drive. a little, just a little convertible." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, we're gonna have to break her heart with this one." 
And now a word from us kids. Did you see this one? Yeah, I did. Really interesting word from us kids. Usually the word from us kids has to do with something very specific in one of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, and this one sort of plays into the whole athletic theme of both episodes, and it plays into the moral of to get good at something, you have to try and fail to, yep. to really get good at it. But it co- takes it from a completely different angle, which we look at these kids who are th- figure skating. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know outside of the school setting, and uh, these uh, mostly girls. There, uh, there's like a boy or two, I think, that I saw, but they mainly interview girls who are learning to figure skate. And you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like they're in a way they're res- they are responding to the DW episode of just you know there will be a lot of times where you fall down. It's like it shows them falling down, but then you know you learn all this cool stuff, and it's like them doing all these really cool like spins and flips and stuff. I uh, I've been watching Yuri on the Ice lately, the figure the figure skating anime. <laughs> okay, uh, and so that's pretty much that, that, every that opening that opening theme. It's pretty good. Uh, this whole thing's pretty good. But that's um, all I hear. Yeah. Uh, everything I know about figure skating, I basically know from that. And so when they were listing off terms, yes. they were like, "Oh, these are all the different figure skating terms." And I think the joke of the editors was like, "Oh, look at all these crazy things these kids are saying." But I was like, "Oh, these are all like super real and like very impressive." Like from because they they talk about actual figure skating in Yuri on Ice all the time. Yeah. Um and also figure skating is one of those things to me where it's like it doesn't matter what level you are at it, it always looks impressive to me. Absolutely. Like seeing these little kids pulling these things off and even when they fall down, I'm like, man, this is crazy. It's one of those things that no matter how hard I try, I'll probably never be able to do. No. So uh, it, was, it was really f- interesting and educational to watch. I, I can barely skate full stop, so definitely not for me. But yeah, like axles and sow cows and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I know that, but I'm sure there are other ter- there are other stuff that they were saying. I'm like, whoosh, don't know. Uh, I triple sow cow. Yeah. Uh, I got to announce recently for like a uh, young girl's figure skating tournament and that was really cool seeing what these younger girls could do on the ice even when they you know would fall down or like mess up it's just like the fact that you're on the ice is like way you're doing way better than me and the fact that they train so hard at it so i thought yeah i thought that was really cool it wasn't it doesn't go as in-depth into the message as uh, a lot of these other segments do but i thought it was uh yeah i really i i enjoyed it And now to our second episode. It's Arthur Makes the Team as we start off at Arthur's first Little League game. He's got some high expectations for himself. We finally moved on from, like, child-organized leagues. Yes. And now we're getting into something a little bit more substantial. Structured. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a school-independent or whatever little league. And Arthur has, like, a fantasy that he'll be the star, like he'll hit a home run and, you know, almost hit an airplane or whatever, be the star of the team. And then has a a really hilarious catch misfire. He's just, like, he's so high on himself for a second. He kind of, like takes his hat off and opens himself up to the ball like his both of his arms out in like a shrugging position just like give it to me baby and then it just drops at his feet and he's just like Never the mind. funniest part about that whole thing to me was um the audio of like the mob yes that you, you hear like it doesn't sound like a bunch of kids are mad at arthur it like, sounds like a, a protest or something yeah, when he misses like, that ball like, ah, <laughs> like it's like he's a real mlb uh so uh, Buster and Arthur are getting ready for Little League, I guess. And But it seems to me that they haven't played baseball before because Buster says, do you think you'll be good at baseball? 
And uh, so Buster says, see if you can catch the famous Buster Ball pitch, which is a whole bunch of chicanery. Just <laughs> bow, just bow, it's like the Rube Goldberg pitch. It's just bouncing off of various things. Okay, so earlier in DW Rides Again, you know, you, you kind of said, we'll hear I don't know how to stop a few times. So this Arthur Makes a Team is even worse for it because – so I counted. There is a specific uh, uh, specific – sound clip of Arthur going, I got it, I got it! 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 Five times. Five separate times. Now, is that more, I don't remember, is that more or less than the words Barth Bags being uttered in that one episode? It's less. I feel, I feel like it was close, though. It's, it's less, neck but, and neck. no, you're right. It's less, but it's close. <laughs> and the thing is, is that at least with Barf Bags, it was different people reading their lines. With this one, it is just, we use the same take and, like, we use the same two takes and peppered it five times throughout the show. And it gets... Real old when you're old enough to Maybe the guy got strep. Could be. Like, for whatever reason, it's just, it's very noticeable. I even noticed it when I was a kid of just like, oh, these are, these sound the same. Uh, So they're looking at the sheet of who made the team. So this one kind of confused me because, so it seems that this is, like, none of them... I think have any experience playing baseball because they said, do you think you'll be good at baseball? And then I'm just wondering who decides who gets to be on the team. Is it just like sign your name up and we will just put you on a team? No so matter at what? that level of like little league, uh, at, of, of course at a certain level you need to try out, but at that level, like I think it's just regional based. So if you live in this yeah. district, you're on this team okay. automatically. And then I think, the coach will assess your abilities and they might lay the kids down easy and be like, we're not going to play Ricky as much as the other kids. Mm. But um, it's mostly like you apply, you're on, like house house league. Okay. Um, I have no experience with little league. I actually played um, organized soccer when I was younger. Same I, here. And, and I don't remember exactly how the teaming went. It just kind of... Like you, like they just signed me up every year, and sometimes people I knew would be on the team, like friends from school. Sometimes I would have like the same people summer to summer on different teams, because like I think it would be with different organizations. Because like for a couple of years, I was on like a Subway branded team. Uh, one year, I was on like a St. Mary's feeder, like little team. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really know how that works. I was just always on the Timbits. Nice. I think I was on the Timbits maybe once or twice, but I know I was also on like Subway and the and the Huskies was my very Ooh. first hockey team. Uh, so I don't know. I I don't want. I wonder if. Well, we would have been different ages. The Huskies but. and their storied rivalry with the Dartmouth Whalers. <laughs> uh, so everybody wants to. The everybody gets on the same team, which I guess there was a danger of that not happening. Somebody is like, who who wants to be pitcher? And every, and everybody wants to be pitcher. Everybody's raising their hand. So I guess pitcher is the coveted position in uh, in uh, baseball, or at least in this baseball league. And then I I like this edit uh, because it's Francine being strangely modest for a point. She's just mm-hmm. like, well, anyway, it's up to the coach to decide who gets to play what position. And then it's like a screen wipe to, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Oliver Frensky. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, it's really funny. And we get to dive into the fascinating moral dilemma of 
coaching your kids without being biased. Which, to, which to be fair, I think Oliver Frensky does an awesome job. By the way, this For is sure. the this is the first episode where we get a real good look at Oliver Frensky, and you know, spoilers for what we're talking about but uh, I was not disappointed so Oliver you know he you know he says hello to Francine but he's also a very fair guy he lets he lets everyone try every position and uh, doesn't exa- isn't playing favorites because uh, kind of the first thing is testing people out for pitcher like brains really good at it Buster sucks <laughs> and then Francine that, that Buster ball world famous but maybe it's more world infamous yeah it's like it's like in Mario tennis when you know they would describe different people's like uh, uh, trick like shot s- serve shot yeah so he would be the shy guy paratroopa tri- tricky whereas brain would be like Bowser power <laughs> um, and then so Francine his daughter uh, is has a lot of strength like she, her throw is really good, but she's wildly inaccurate. This is really funny because it, it maps kind of one to one. You ever play Mario Baseball, Mario Superstar Baseball? No. Real good game. Okay. Ton of fun on the GameCube. Okay. But again, this is exactly what you're describing. And I guess real baseball to an extent is, is <laughs> sure. like that. It, that's, that's all the statistics and right, just not as simplified. But he's not playing favorites. So like Francine. There's still an aspect of pitching that she's not grasping, so you know she's going to be doing something else, uh, and it seems uh, Brain's going to be the pitcher there. But we kind of set that up as that that's kind of something that Francine isn't excellent at. She's good at one part of it, but she's lousy at another part. So it kind of makes make, puts her down in the dumps. Um, then we kind of cut to Arthur. They everybody's kind of in the outfield. And Arthur, with a couple of mishaps, he's still trying to find where he belongs in the team. So um, Arthur goes, you know, I got it, I got it, and uh, goes for like a Matrix side dive. (laughs) John Woo. Yes. uh, He pressed the right mouse button to bullet time over to the the ball, but he missed. And (laughs) Oliver Frensky, he's just like, and Arthur, that leap was pure ballet. Which leads me to believe that Oliver Frensky might never have seen ballet. Maybe no, <laughs> but uh, but I, I thought it was it was a fun it, like it was a fun way to kind of rib him without being like wow you suck. Yeah, it's just like that that it really uh, complimenting him on his athleticism, even if it didn't really end up doing well. Like encouraging without you know encouraging the wrong thing. Which Mr. Frensky keeps up for the entirety of the episode. Yeah, he's never like kind of browbeating the kids for being no. poor baseball players. Which I think is, well, it's, I mean, it's Little League, and they're only eight years old, so, like, he has the exact right mindset of it. It's just like You'd be surprised, though. No, but no, yeah. but that's what I'm saying, is that there would be coaches who would take this way too seriously, and Mr. Frensky isn't. He's just being like, let's go have fun, we'll figure out what you're good at, and, uh, you know, help you out along the way, and we're just here to have fun. Uh, Francine kind of walks by Arthur after he does this leap, and she kind of, like, chuckles under her breath, and Arthur gives this amazing side eye like it's so good like check out check our social media in the next couple of days I will definitely put a screen cap of it up there it's it's so funny like I had to re I had to rewind that at least once uh then Arthur like catches a pass and then throws both the ball and the glove to Binky uh to which uh uh Oliver Frensky is just like very very impressive Arthur very creative I wonder if that's legal in baseball. There's so many weird rules in baseball. I wonder if that's been covered. Mm. It must have been. Yeah, maybe. And then Francine catches catches it and underhands it like 
a couple blocks over to who else but Mr. Haney's backyard. Oh, I loved this. So Mr. Haney pouring himself a glass of lemonade out of a pitcher, and then all of a sudden the ball just explodes into the pitcher. My new favorite running Arthur joke is Mr. Haney's weekend being ruined. <laughs> this is the second time in the row where yeah. Mr. Haney, he's in his athletic gear. He goes outside his house. It's a beautiful day. And then, boom, his tall glass of lemonade destroyed. Right. Lemonade was a popular drink, and it still is. And and so uh, at this point where everything is kind of low stakes, everybody kind of wants to be the star of the team. So that's why, like, Pitcher was heavily coveted. Like, everybody kind of wants to get their shine. And because, you know, they're kids. They, they all want to be the best. Well, it's like in soccer. If you've ever watched little kids' soccer, it's kind of terrible because everybody goes for the ball at all times. Nobody ever sets up any passing opportunities. Which is the exact way I play Rocket League. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. That's exactly how it used to be. Or, you know, when you're watching Timbits hockey in the – or like Little little League hockey in the uh, halftime of a hockey game. And it's, 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 it's kind of go- morbid, but I love little kids hockey. Oh, sure. It's, it's great fun. Because sometimes the, the referee will just blow the whistle and just a bunch of kids will just fall over. This is so terrible. But like in, in regular hockey, like you at least at the most basic, you can skate very well. Yeah. <laughs> but like because some of the kids just don't know how to stop properly, uh, Referee will blow the whistle and just, oh, time to fall over. That's my way of stopping. Crumple physics. (laughs) Uh, So there's a little aside here where Buster's mom goes to talk to uh, Francine's dad. And, like, we've said it before, but, oh, my God. Like, season one, Buster's mom is the worst. But I thought this was refreshing because it was nice to see like Buster, um, Arth, excuse me, Francine's dad react to Buster's mom the same way we do. Yeah. Like I wasn't sure if the writers were in on it, but oh, they're in on it. No, of course they are. Because, because Mr. Fresky's like, oh man, this lady. Well, because she's such a caricature of like, as you've said before, helicopter parenting because mm-hmm. she's like, it's like, I, it's like I wanted to talk to you about it's like what, uh, about the ball. What if it hits him? <laughs> Are those caps wool? I think he's allergic to wool. You know, call me every half mile kind of thing. It's just like, oh, man. Which is, which like I thought about it. And in later seasons, she does get a character that's not helicopter mom. And she's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Buster's mom. But like right now, she is just a caricature. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying. <laughs> she's very Muffy-esque in that way. Yeah. We still haven't fleshed out Muffy. Very, very one-dimensional. Uh so Arthur kind of still not having success, like, you know, dropping balls during games and stuff like that. Very, un- very unconfident in himself. That's a word. And Francine is kind of, you know, laughing at him, making fun of him. So Buster gives Arthur his, and I wrote this down, his, his never fail, always succeed, 100% guaranteed secret good luck charm, which is like a limp carrot he takes out of his pocket. <laughs> It's like it just kind of droops at the end. It must be really old. It's like lost all of its snap. Well, it's a good luck charm. You just got to keep it around. So, uh, you know, they use it in a game and it is not at all successful. Arthur kind of uh, accidentally lets lets in a home run, which, you know, that's that's too bad. Uh, He good. Goodness help him. He's trying. He Uh, gives the carrot back. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then Buster takes a bite out of it, yeah, of course which, he does. considering it's all floppy, pretty gross. Yes, very. Uh, so after the game, uh, 
Oliver Frensky takes the kids out for ice cream, which is, there you go, sign of a great coach right there. Like, he gets what's up. And then uh, Francine says, don't give your ice cream to Arthur. He'll just drop it. Everybody laughs. And Buster comes up as Arthur's hype man and is just like, ah, don't listen to her, Arthur. I'll hold your ice cream for you. Hashtag squad goals. And, and, right? and, it, and it is just kind of like Buster. I think it's originally played as Buster being a little dim, but it's also kind of sweet. Get yourself a friend that'll hold your ice cream. I thought that was really sweet, even though it was a little bit of a dim way to react to that. It is uh, funny, too, though, right? Because it's it's like Buster's trying to be nice, but I think he's like kind of agreeing with the rest of the clown. Like, oh, Arthur might actually drop his ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, as much as we say Little League pretty low stakes, like they have one loss to their record and everyone is at each other's throats (laughs) at the Sugar Bowl. Like they're just like, Francine is even just like, uh, maybe next year I'll be put on a team with people who know how to play or like whatever. And like, dang, like really going for the jugular on that one. And uh, everybody starts arguing. And uh, in the in the chaos, Arthur kind of takes his leave and slumps back home because he feels like he lost in the game. So Arthur's at the dinner table with his family. Uh, DW kind of just gives him like a little insult to injury. It's just like you know, oh, his, yeah. dad, his dad says. His dad says baseball is ninety nine percent concentration. Which Arthur's dad, bit of a armchair quarterback, huh? <laughs> An armchair GM. <laughs> exactly. And, and DW is just like now if he could only catch the ball. It's <laughs> like man, he doesn't need that. <laughs> And, it, and, and DW is the kind of character where it's like, I don't think she's trying to be malicious with that. She's just so literal yeah. that that's what comes out. She did have kind of a devilish look in her eyes, just like, this will get him. Uh, like, sees her opportunity and can't help but take it. And another funny edit here, as we had earlier, it's uh, Arthur's dad saying, I'll bet you right now Coach Frensky is talking about what a terrific team he's got. Wipe to Coach Frensky. You want me to take Arthur off the team? <laughs> so there is a couple of really good ones in there. Uh, and so Francine is petitioning for Arthur to be taken off the team because his 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 playing is so bad it's distracting to her. So she can't throw straight because she's thinking about what dumb thing he's going to do next. Which very convenient excuse, Miss Frensky. Uh, so then Oliver comes up with a very good compromise. Uh, he gives Francine a promotion, which she thinks means to pitcher, but it's actually to uh, co-manager. Assist, is it assistant assi- assi- coach? Sorry, excuse yeah. me, assistant coach. And uh, so she goes to see Arthur, who's in his room, kind of sulking. Her dad made her the assistant coach, and her first project is Arthur. So she's going to help him catch better. Which and Francine really takes to the responsibility. Like, once mm-hmm. it becomes a challenge for her, again, genius move on Mr. Frensky's part. Once uh, Francine's faced with a challenge, she wants to overcome it. And so now she's super involved with trying to help Arthur. Exactly. I was going to say, another great coaching move is to get your experienced players to help the novices. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, uh, frame it in the form of a challenge, which, you know, coaching Arthur would be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> well, I mean, he probably is the weakest player of the team as far as we've been, you know, uh, told visually. So they have a kind of an outdoor session uh, where she help, gives him a few tips to help him catch the ball. He does a couple of times and then Arthur actually gives her a bit of advice back in helping her to thro- throw straight. And then once she does, as you as you can see, uh, she like throws it right at Arthur's uh, glove so hard that it like hurts his arm. The uh, music, did you notice the music during this training sesh? 
Now, I'm not sure if this is music they've used before. I assume it is. But this is the first time I've noticed it. And it's like this kind of like this jazz piano instrumental. Yeah. It sounds almost like the Wii Shop music or something. Or, or, like, <laughs> or like the Wii Shop music mixed with the band like Bad, Bad, Not Good, where it's this kind of jazz jam band but very piano based. It's very, I thought it was really cool. No, it's, very, it's, a very nice, it's a very nice arrangement. I know that they use it again. It's their kind of just like, you know. It's a it's a bit more of a positive uh, like, piece of background. It's kind of lighthearted yeah. action going yeah, on. It's really nice. I like it. That's uh, yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, so afterwards, they're kind of having a glass of water, and and uh, Francine is just like, like, hey, if I'm gonna be making fun of you or anybody else anytime soon, like, please let me know if I'm going too far. And then they have this kind of Arthur and Francine have this weird dynamic where. You know, Arthur kind of lets her off easy, even though she was making fun of him and he was holding it against her. And then... I mean, they kind of... Didn't he kind of have some jabs against her as well? It was more that, like... It was more that, like, Buster was kind of, like... That Buster in his big mouth, Yeah, he was either kind of, like, snickering at her or, like... Or, like, he did, like, a fake interview of, like... It's like, excuse me, Miss Frensky, are you going to be able to not throw the ball over the fence this time? And he's really the one making fun of her, and Arthur is just kind of his crony in this uh, in this endeavor. And then they had this thing where, like, um, Francine is just like, you know, warn me if I'm going to be making fun of anybody. But, you know, you do kind of suck. And Arthur's just kind of like, oh, yeah? And then they both start laughing. And I'm like, okay, that's a weird way to lampshade Francine kind of making fun of people, like just being a part of her charm, I guess. Well, you know, you got to chirp each other every once in a while. Yeah, well, sometimes it takes a bit too far. But... Uh, Get into that in a second. Uh, so then they go to the playoff. Ga- they're in a playoff game against what looks to be. I love this opening shot. Mountain. So like it's it's this playoff game. We see the dugout of the kids, and it's like a Dutch angle. So the com- yeah. camera is like totally stilted, and these horrified faces. Like these kids look petrified that they're in this playoff game. Yeah, it's like listen, guys, it's baseball. The worst that's gonna happen is like you'll lose. Like you don't need to look this like terrified. Right, and uh, Coach Frensky even says, like, I want you to play just like any other game. Uh, he says if they win. Wait, wait. It's, yeah. this, so this is, a, this is an excellent line here. So he says, uh, if, you win, if you win, I'll take you out for ice cream. If you lose, and then Binky cuts in with, you'll drive us to the outskirts of town and leave us there? <laughs> and he says, no, if you lose, I still take you out for ice cream. And Binky adds, I'll never get to see the outskirts of town. <laughs> It's really good. It was. I On that... multiple levels, too. Like, the fact that uh, the fact that he'd take them out for ice cream either way and the fact that Binky's, like, excited to see the outskirts of town. Yeah. Uh, but also, that speech from Mr. Frenzy sort of summarizes the moral of the whole episode. There's a couple things. One, you should be nice to your friends and help them out. But I also think that the moral of this episode is, like, when you're playing a game like this or organized sports, especially at this level, the goal should be to have fun. Uh, and I think Mr. Frensky, especially in his coaching style, sort of teaches that with, you know, if you guys lose, we're still going to get ice cream. The point yeah. wasn't for you guys to win. The point was for you guys to have a good time. Exactly. That's the first goal is having fun. So they get into the game and then uh, it seems to be against Mighty Mountain if their, uh, jer- their jerseys look kind of familiar. Um So one of them hits a pretty big one, to, pretty big one to the outfield. And, you know, it's going to Arthur and... Yeah, Buster's like, I can't watch. And then Arthur does manage to catch it. It's like it's big catch. And he manages to throw it uh, to Francine. 
And then Buster's like, I can't watch! Because, of course, she has to make a straight throw to Binky, who is the catcher. And she does. So they both kind of overcome their both of their humps. And so it's a nice little moment there of them overcoming and Buster faints because he was so on edge. And, but then eventually they end up losing the playoff game because Buster goes to bat and his weakness, it appears to be, is is batting. So he doesn't make it and he gets struck out. and uh, Or no, sorry, he hits a pop fly and it's like easily caught and they win. Mighty Mountain wins. Which I actually really did like that touch of having the kids lose in the end. Mm-hmm. I thought the easy way out would be have them win. And so it's like not only did they learn their at lesson, they won the game too. Yeah. And I think this doubles down on the moral being like it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yeah, exactly. And they, which they've incorporated very well, as you mentioned before. Um, so, you know, Arthur kind of, you know, consoles him just like he gave it your best shot. And then Francine's about to lay into him, but Arthur kind of has to be like, mm-hmm. And and then she's like, you couldn't have done a better try. And it really is a case of like getting to know Francine a little better of just like maybe when she's like chirping someone, as we've said, like she kind of doesn't know when too much is too much mm-hmm. because maybe she's got a thicker skin or maybe she doesn't. I'm not sure. But like she's not she needs to have somebody to tell her to be like, OK, rain it in. This is like this isn't fun. What you're saying, which may, which she's a kid. She can kind of afford to not know that she's still learning that line for sure so uh, i thought that that was a good illustration of that so finally the episode ends and arthur and francine kind of you know make up and you know arthur has you know some kind of cheesy line about like teamwork with like a wink yeah he really hits it home but uh but the the last line i think saves it from being a little schmaltzy because she's like but you know basketball season is coming up and if you stink at that i get to tease you all over again which we've already seen DW school Arthur at basketball. So, but like we've also seen him score. So, that's uh, true. in the very first episode. Okay, so two sports related episodes. The theme of this was uh, as tied together as last week's was in terms of illness. Uh, so, what did you think of DW rides again? I, I like we said before. I think this episode really um, benefits from its simplicity. You know, sometimes they get a little bit out there or they get a little complicated, long-winded. A lot of um, criticisms we've had on episodes we don't like is that the ending comes out of nowhere or it doesn't really follow the three-act structure so you can't get invested. But this episode's super simple, and I think it benefits from that. DW wants to learn to ride a bicycle, but she kind of dives into it, and then she gets disgruntled and, and, and she doesn't want to do it anymore. And then through hardship and hard work, she learns, you know, if you really work hard at something and don't give up, you reap the benefits. Mm-hmm. So solid moral, a funny episode with some good jokes and stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I liked it maybe just a little less than you and not for any really fault of its own. Uh, I think you can kind of say that about both of the episodes. In, in, in By that, sure. but by that I mean uh, they're both very simple, very simple morals told well. The basics, the basics with brilliance, <laughs> as our radio teacher would say. Um, DW Rides, again, I thought w- was good. Uh, it just kind of didn't personally connect with me as much because it – and I, I mean it doesn't have to because it's really about trying again and again at a certain task. But when it comes to biking, like I don't have much – experience with that so it was a bit harder for me to put myself in the role but all the same I thought that it was a very solid episode and I don't really have anything bad to say about it I just didn't connect with it as much as other episodes in the season like Arthur makes the team I uh, excuse me before we move on to the second episode 
like I said when talking about DW Rides again, the moment, the sequence of her trying and trying and failing and failing, I think is one of my favorite moments in the first season of Arthur so far. Because I think it's, again, so simple, but to see it illustrated on a character that you understand their character, you understand who they are, you care about them. We've And we've seen her give up on things before. Yes. Like, not that long ago, DW was throwing away hobbies left and right. And so. she's four years old, so, like, you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't bat an eye if she was like, this is too hard, I quit. But no, she doesn't, and it really means a lot. You understand how much it means to her to ride a bike. And when she finally does, you feel really good about it. And so I think that that moment was a big triumph in this episode. The episode overall, you know, good, not great, solid is what I would say. Uh, Arthur makes a team I had a little bit more of a personal connection to because it reminded me of my own time playing team sports, which was isn't necessarily a positive memory, but at least it was something I was able to relate to. And uh, Arthur kind of goes through the same journey as DW, except I really liked the emphasis, the very overt theme of teamwork in this episode, and I thought it was presented in a really great way. Uh, Oliver Frensky, an awesome character, I thought that he did kind of all the right things. It's really a good model as an adult of just like, you know, if you were ever put in this coach role, this is what you should really strive to do. And even as an adult, you can learn from the thing of if you're really good at something, you know, you can help people who aren't as good with it. And that, in fact, should be something you should strive to do, which and I thought that that was great character growth for Francine is that she kind of becomes the assistant coach. And you can see how even though there's a lot of negatives you can say about her, uh, when you frame it in her when you pose something to her in her language, then she can really excel. So like I, I'm so glad that you said, you know, her dad frames it like a challenge and she steps up to it and. I really came to understand her a lot better in this episode, and I thought that it was uh, it was great to see Arthur triumph. It was great to see Francine kind of grow a little bit. I thought it was funny. Like I, I thought this was a really, really good episode. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I like both of these episodes, and I also like this whole thing now that we are, we're pairing two episodes that have the same theme, sort of. Yeah. But not exactly the same. Like There was that episode where they went to their grandpa's. And then there was that other episode where they went on a vacation. And I was like, oh, these are kind of too similar. But the sickness one, two very kind of different episodes, but both about sickness. Yes. This one, two kind of completely different episodes, but both about sports. And I even liked – this is probably my favorite word from us kids thus far. I thought that it was a really cool word from us kids. I I, got to see something I don't normally see in child's figure skating. I thought it broke formula in a really cool way. Also, in a word for us kids – I thought the music in parts was very mm-hmm. 90s cool. It reminded, I, I agree. <laughs> it reminded me of, um, oh my gosh, uh, oh, bro, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. Is it Broken Banshee, the va- the vaporware artist, vaporwave artist? I'm, I'm not familiar. Oh, I goodness. couldn't tell you. Oh. Not a big vaporwave. If you know what it is, please email in. Like I, Macintosh I, I, Plus? No. It's but the only vaporwave artist I know. Yeah, but like I, I'm sure as soon as I go home, I'll know what I'm talking about. But it's it, two Bs. Anyway, just very, very 90s era, like composed on a keyboard. Muzak almost. Mu- yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I thought that was really f- fun too. But yeah, you're right. I, th- I thought it was a great way to break the mold that we've set for that segment very early on. Break the mold, but I also think I like how both of these episodes are really simple. Like a lot of times we'll have one with kind of a an iffy moral or I think like 
a few episodes ago, we had one with no moral to the story. It was just kind of a slice of life. That might have been the last episode we yeah. watched. Six, so, six is a dog. I think, wow. I think this one I just found really re- – I found both these episodes really refreshing in their simplicity. I don't think this will work every week. Yeah. But for this week, it really worked for me. For sure. There you have it. Uh DW rides again and Arthur makes a team uh, recommended from the both of us. Uh, definitely worth your time. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us for Elwood City Limits. Now, before we get to next week's episode, what you can expect, let's uh, run down the ways that we that you can get in touch with us. First off, I will put this first off because I'd really like to receive some emails from you responding to the episode. If you're one of our new Twitter followers, if you just found us on Facebook or Tumblr, I encourage you to email us, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. We would love to hear your uh, support for the episode. If you have any constructive criticism, if you have anything else to say regarding anything we've talked about in any episode at all. Yeah, anything. If Are you a cheesehead? Tell us all about that. Uh, ElwoodCityLimits, gmail.com. On social media, you can find us on Facebook. We would really appreciate a like. Elwood City Limits on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. Go to our Twitter, which has been uh, seen a couple of new followers recently. At ECL Podcast. Uh, Looking forward to that Arthur side eye. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to screen cap that one. Uh, and elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com. On all of those fronts, we are putting up uh, Arthur screen caps and updates about the new episodes. So uh, no matter what service you ascribe to, we are here for you. Speaking of services, SoundCloud is where you can listen online. We are active there, soundcloud.com slash elwoodcitylimits. And... If you would like to, if you would like to share us via link to someone you know, uh, you can do it via SoundCloud. Or if you want to subscribe to us, you can. We are available on iTunes. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us there. If you like this show, please give us a star rating and uh, a review. We would really love your review of the show. Helps us get noticed, and of course, we want to keep growing as much as we can. Okay, so next week's episode. It actually does have a theme of a character. And the character is Grandma Thora. Really? Yes, it is Arthur's Almost Boring Day and the Half-Baked Sale. I have no recollection of either of these, so it's very exciting. I I definitely do, so we're going to be getting a much better look at the inside scoop of Grandma Thora. Which is, uh, which is, as I recall, it's a, it's a good old time. At, well, at least we'll see. Good old time, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so for, <laughs> for all of that, it's time for us to say goodbye here at Elwood City Limits. What do you got, Lucas? Oh man, I wasn't looking. Just give me a second. <laughs> uh, um. Duh! Where's the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> For Lucas Mancini, I am Will Young. Thanks for listening to Elwood City Limits, and we'll see you next time. Uh, duh. Where the ball? Where the ball? Francine's sort of channeling her inner Trump. <laughs>